Welcome back to Counting on Grace, Chapter 32, Across the Border. By the time I get inside our front door, I've made up my mind. I'm going to North Adams, where they won't let kids my age work in the mills. Maybe I can board in with Miss Leslie, or I can stay in the convent with Père Alain's sister. Just until I find work, maybe I can piece together a new family for myself after all. Shaky as I am, it don't take me long to pull things together. What have I got after all? One damp smock and some underwear that I put on, my Sunday dress, the shoes passed down from Delia, a winter coat, my notebook, my photograph, my sister Claire's birth paper from the trunk in case I need to prove I'm 14. After all, 14-year-olds get hired as teachers. Mamere never could really count on me, I think, as I bundle my things together. I'm not regular and easy like Delia, satisfied with spinning, looking to make it to the weaving room. I've got my clumsy right hand and my jumpy brain and my big mouth making smart with Mr. Dupree. It will be better for the rest of them when I'm gone. Life will ease along without so much trouble. And now there will only be four around the table looking to eat. But I don't want to be thinking about them too much. I've got to hurry if I'm going to catch the southbound mail train that comes through at noon. A long time before the engine turns the corner, the rails begin to shiver. I'm standing by the tracks a ways south of the station, where nobody will think to look for me. I've been real clever, dodging through the woods and hunkering down low when I pass under Mr. Dupree's window. I plan to swing myself up onto the first freight car behind the engine. I'll have plenty of time, because they take a while unloading the mail and the store supplies. I know what I'm doing, I keep telling myself. I'm not like Pepe, who was wandering through the woods, crazy in his head. But my legs are still shaking, bad as the rails. The train turns the corner, the brakes scream, and it slows to a stop. I pick the right place because I only have to trot a little ways back toward the station to get to the first freight car. But the sliding door is only half a foot, and I know I don't have the strength to budge it. The crack is so narrow, I can barely push my bundle into the car. Finally, it pops through, and then it's my body's turn. Lucky I don't got no extra fat on my bones. The mail is all unloaded, but Mr. Dupree is chatting with one of the engineers. When I'm sure they ain't looking my way, I swing myself up and get my head and shoulders through the opening. But then I stick halfway in and halfway out. Come on, Grace, come on! My smock catches on a nail at the edge of the door, and I can't work my hand free of it. If Mr. Dupree takes one look this way, he's going to see a couple of legs sticking out in the air, waving at him. Suddenly, I hear shouting from down the line, and the train begins to roll ever so slowly. I did it! I'm going to make it even if my hips are caught in the opening as tight as my smock was in the spinning frame. But it don't matter. Now the train's moving, I've got time to slide my hand back, free the smock, and inch myself inside. Once we get to the next station... I'll be safe. Just as I manage to work another inch of myself inside, there's more shouting and the brakes squeal again and the train slows and stops. What now? 
I force myself to lie still and wait with my legs pulled up as close as they can be. The voices come nearer and then seem to pass right by. Where? Maybe it's nothing. I'm holding my breath. The wind comes up. The train whistle blows once, but still we don't move. My cheek is pressed against the floorboards of the car. From the smell, I can tell the last thing it carried was horses. I pray to Pepe. I've given up on God. Pepe, get me out of here. Get me somewhere safe. I can't be in that mill no more. But I'm not so sure that Pepe is going to answer my prayers. Grace, he's saying, you're leaving your family? Then with a roar, the door slides open and the sun pours in. I pull up my legs and rub the scrapes. I can't see nothing in the sudden light. Just like you thought, Mr. Dupree, says a man's voice. We got ourselves a stowaway. Bring her on out of there, foolish girl. You'd think she'd know better. Her grandfather got killed by a train not three months ago. I never do see the man who helps me out of the car, but he holds me tight by the arms when he passes me like a sack down to Mr. Dupree. My mare come to get me. That's the worst part. I wish they'd sent Delia or Papa, but she's the one. More time on the loose pulley, all cause of me. She takes my bundle, nods to Mr. Dupree, and walks me up the hill. We don't say a word the whole way. When she sits me down at the table, I open my mouth, but she shakes her head. For once in your life, Grace, be still and listen. I don't have much time, and Lord knows I don't have the strength for arguments. I told French Johnny to give me Valerie to doff. You can do as Miss Leslie says. You can be the teacher until Mr. Wilson finds the next one. I can't believe what I'm hearing. What about the 50 cents? We'll do without for now. You study for that test Miss Leslie wants you to take. Teachers who pass that test make good money, she told me. Better than you can make doffing. Almost as good as the weavers. What about when the new teacher comes? Will I have to go back in the mill? Grace, I can't tell you what will happen then. I ain't going back in the mill, my mare. I ain't never going back there. If I have to, I'll run away again. Don't speak to me like that, Grace. You'll do what you're told. Yes, my mare. All I know is you're better at reading and numbers than you'll ever be at doffing. I know she'll think I'm acting smart, but I speak up anyway. And you're better at spinning than you ever were at farming, right, my mare? She starts and lifts her hands to cuff me, but then her face breaks into a smile because my words do make sense to her. Yes, she says at last. I expect I am. You think I'll make a good teacher, my mare? I ask, shoring myself up against the harsh words that could come. She studies on her answer for a while. You taught me just fine, Grace. I'm already catching up to Henry with my reading. I grin inside. Mamere was my first student. I, wanna, I wonder how many more there will be. We sit together a while longer, acting like there's no hang clock waiting. Just a girl and her mother with nothing special to do. But she gets to her feet before long. Clean yourself up before you start the supper. 
Yes, ma mère. In the doorway, she turns around. Your Pepe would be happy, Grace. He hated you working in the mill. Later on, I think it's all come round in a big circle. Ma mère letting me out of the mill makes up for that slap she landed on Pepe's cheek. And if Pepe's in heaven, then maybe he knows I'm not working in the mill no more. <laughs>